someone once told me time is a flat circle. If everything we've ever done or will do, we're gonna do over and over and over again. I'm Kelly. Hi, I'm Michael. We're brother and sister, self-proclaimed armchair detectives. Let me try that again. We're brother and sister, self-proclaimed armchair detectives, feeling like the only people on the planet who have not yet watched Midnight Mass on Netflix, and we're your hosts for the Flat Circle Podcast. This week, we are going to take you back to the 1830s, New Orleans, to discuss the horror of the French Quarter, the haunted mansion of mysteries and corpses, and the savagery of Madame Marie Delphine LaLaurie. Marie Delphine McCarty was born in New Orleans, Louisiana on March 19, 1787. She was the daughter of local plantation owners Chevalier Louise Bartholomew McCarty Larabelle and Marie Jean Larabelle. At the age of 13, she caught the eye of 35-year-old widower Ramon Lopez Angulo. He was second in command to the Spanish governor at the time. You see, during this time in history, Louisiana was a territory owned by Spain and was a Spanish colony. Marie Delphine McCarty and Ramon Lopez Angulo started an affair that became the town scandal. And within six months, Ramon and Marie wed. However, they weren't supposed to get married without the written consent of the King of Spain. But Ramon, too impatient to wait for the official documentation, got married anyway. When King Carlos IV heard of the news, he became angry. He relieved Ramon from his position in Louisiana, and he ordered him to travel back to Spain, where he was demoted and sent to a low-level position in one of Spain's backwater territories. Ramon Lopez Angulo did not take this promotion very well. Angered indignation led him to write a flood of passionate letters to the other Spanish officials, where he blamed his fallen status on hidden enemies in Louisiana and Spain. King Carlos IV eventually pardoned Ramon and sent him back to New Orleans as a Spanish consul under American administration. However, before he could assume his position, he died in a fateful accident off of the coast of Cuba, and while he and Madame Delphine traveled back to America. The exact cause of death was never discovered. A few days later, a few days after January 11th of 1805, Madame Delphine gave birth to her first and only child together, a daughter by the name of Marie Delphine Francisca Bora Lopez Angulo, called by her nickname Borquita. Madame Delphine was now a single mother as well as a widow. Madame Delphine returned to New Orleans with her baby daughter in tow. In 1807, a couple of years after the death of her first husband, she remarried, this time to a Frenchman named Jean Blanc. This marriage brought four children, Pauline, Laure, Jean, and Pauline. Her new husband, Jean Blanc, was kind of a big deal in New Orleans. He was a merchant, a lawyer, a banker, a state legislator, and a political influencer. This in addition to one of the largest slave traders in New Orleans during that time. In 1814, Jean Blanc delivered the famous letter from pirate Jean Lafitte, to Governor Claiborne. This letter was an offer to the governor. He offered his men to fight in the War of 1812 
against the British. Only one year later, Jean Blanc died in the war. Once again, Madame Delphine was widowed. Only this time, her husband left behind massive debts. Now, Madame Delphine was no dummy since she had already been through this a couple of times before. So she had become quite the shrewd businesswoman. Despite being left with large debts and five children to raise, she managed to get herself back on top financially and in society in New Orleans. Additionally, when her father passed away, she received a rather large inheritance. So, by the time she met her third husband, Dr. Louise LaLaurie, she was an extremely wealthy woman in her own right. This is where the horror starts. You see, Dr. Louis LaLaurie doesn't come away from this event in history with clean hands. He was very much associated with not only the torture of slaves, but the mansion fire as well. Unlike his wife, Dr. LaLaurie was not born in Louisiana. He was born in a small village in France and then migrated over to the United States after medical school. Once he made his trek to America, he opened his own medical practice. In fact, he placed an advertisement in the Louisiana Courier announcing that he specialized in straightening crooked backs. According to some rumors, Madame Delphine met the doctor after reading his advertisement. You see, her daughter Pauline was disabled and Madame Delphine thought that Perhaps the doctor could fix her. Dr. LaLaurie's father mentioned the madam in letters often, but saw her as someone with affluence who could help his son. History talks about Dr. Louis LaLaurie as a meek and mousy little man. Eventually, however, Delphine found him attractive and they fell in love. On August 13th of 1827, Madame Delphine gave birth to her sixth child, this one with Dr. Louis LaLaurie. The child was a boy by the name of Jean-Louis Lalaurie. This pregnancy was quite scandalous for the times, since the couple did not get married until five months after Jean-Louis's birth. Madame Delphine was no dummy. This was her third marriage. To protect herself, she drew up some kind of a prenuptial agreement that stated she would retain control and ownership over her personal property, real estate, and slaves that she came into the marriage with. The relationship between the two was the talk of the town. The madam was now in her 40s while her husband was in his 20s. The two of them made an unlikely pair, to say the least. The rumor mill continued to churn. Jean Bose, a plantation owner, sent news to his employer in France detailing the relationship between the couple. It was reported that their household was very tense. They fought constantly and had very on-again, off-again relationship. Jean Bose speculated that the two would eventually get divorced. In 1832, Delphine petitioned for a divorce. She asked a judge to allow her and her husband to live separately. She said that he beat and wounded her on many occasions in a cruel manner, many times in front of their family and friends, unfortunately. However, this wasn't the only rumor that circled the couple. Around the same time, truth came to light about her barbarian-like treatment of slaves. In 1832, she was even indicted by the criminal court for abusing her slaves. However, money talked back then, and she was able to buy herself out of those charges by paying a large sum of money. The situation was unceremoniously swept under the proverbial rug. Still, even after buying off her innocence, the rumor mills continued to churn. It was said that her daughters were also beaten severely for trying to feed the slaves. Some say that Madame LaLaurie started on her trail of hatred when her uncle was murdered by slaves in 1771. Additionally, there was an uprising of slaves in New Orleans in 1811. 
So these events made plantation and slave owners pretty scared. Um, This also increased an uptick in violence and oppression handed down from the slave owners and pushed onto the slaves. The earlier slave revolt in Haiti had rumors swirling that the slaves were going to rape the women in, in Louisiana and that the events of Haiti would duplicate itself. This sense of panic is probably why investigators never fully investigated the horrors of once Madame Delphine and now Madame Lalaurie's house. However, in 1833, things changed drastically on that front. A 12-year-old slave girl by the name of Leah accidentally tugged at a snag while brushing Madame Lalaurie's hair. Madame Lalaurie chased the young girl with a whip, and the poor girl, not seeing another way out from the Madame's warpath of the abuse, jumped off of the roof and fell to her death. Witnesses in town saw the abuse in broad daylight and reported Madame LaLaurie to the authorities where, get this, she only had to pay $300 for the death of Leah and then pay for someone to clean up Leah's remains off of the street in New Orleans. Additionally, she had to sell nine of the slaves that she owned. However, Family members made up for the deficit as they would buy slaves for her to replace the ones she lost. The LaLaurie mansion caught fire on April 10th, 1834. The madam left her slaves in the attic to die. Investigators were horrified by what they saw when they investigated the fire. Slaves were chained to the walls of the attic. They were scarred, starving. It was a mess. They wore iron collars with spikes facing inwards as a form of sadistic punishment. And all the slaves wore heavy chains. Some were even chained to specific rooms outside of the attic, like the kitchen and the dining areas. They were sick and diseased. Some had gaping wounds on their heads and and bodies were filled with maggots. When the local people learned of the depraved house of horrors, they got angry. Nay, they were pissed. A mob of 4,000 people ransacked the LaLaurie mansion. They were outraged by the treatment of the slaves and they felt that Madame LaLaurie deserved a most tortured and cruel death, so they went after her. The madam and Dr. LaLaurie escaped the mansion during all of this and hid in New Orleans. They remained in New Orleans just long enough to finish up any business dealings. They heard of the riots and it obviously scared them. Knowing that their head could very well end up on pikes because of the angry mob, the LaLauries left America. At this point, the madam and Dr. LaLaurie split up with promise to reunite. Madam headed to Paris, France, and then Dr. LaLaurie went to Cuba. The two would never reunite again. It was reported that the madam died in 1842 and Dr. LaLaurie died in Havana in 1863. Rumor has it that she was mauled to death by a wild boar while on a hunting expedition. Her remains were taken to New Orleans in 1851, where she was buried. However, to this day, no one knows if she actually died during this time and was buried in New Orleans. The first recorded burial of the LaLaurie family in New Orleans is that of her great-granddaughter, who died in 1884. The LaLaurie mansion, however, and all its horrors now stand as a haunted landmark. They say that anybody who has gone through that house, which the house is actually up for tour in New Orleans, so you can actually tour the house. But they say that people just experience weird things there. And legend has it that it's being haunted by the former slaves that were killed by Madame Delphine Lalaurie. And if you remember, and I don't know, do you watch American Horror Story? Yeah. Okay, so there was a season of American Horror Story where Kathy Bates uh, played Madame Delphine LaLaurie, and it was Mm -hmm. American Horror Story Season 3, The Coven, which I actually really like that one. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, like... In that season, they showed where, like, she and the doctor were experimenting on the slaves 
and then you know like take like uh sewing different body part like a centipede sort of thing sewing different body parts onto you know different other places of slaves bodies and yeah. stuff like that um but history does not say that that actually happened so i think that that was just sort of cinematically made bigger but they were definitely chained to the walls they definitely had the spiked the inward spiked collar and i want to say they found like another torture room in that mansion but Mm -hmm. like how horrible how absolutely horrible so this lady goes down as like a female serial killer essentially yeah so and in this house as well for almost 200 years now there's been reports of paranormal activity there is a room actually in the lori mansion like this room that you were talking about uh where the slaves were kept and people who go in the house they heard reports of moaning coming from that room so it's like common to hear that they'll hear phantom footsteps echo through the house on a regular basis many people who have stood near the house have reported feeling as if they were taken over by a negative energy and despite all the ghost stories and paranormal happenings at the Lori house no so so despite all these stories and paranormal happenings in the house actually in 1884 i found that a tenant who actually lived in the Lori mansion after the fact before when it was converted because it used it was at one time just a house and then it was converted into apartments well there was somebody in that house slash turned into apartments that was brutally murdered in 1884 and they found the person's belongings ransacked as if someone had gone through them. The police assumed that the victim was of robbery, even though nothing of value was found missing. Um, an interesting uh, account regarding this murder details um, with the uh, police interviewing neighbors about his disappearance. So one of his fr- uh, one of the, the victim's friends claimed that he was having problems with spirits in the house. So the guy that got murdered was saying that he did hear like the moans and the spirits prior oh, to being yeah. murdered. And his friend just kind of wrote it off as his imagination running wild. He did say something interesting. He claimed that his friend, the guy who ended up being murdered in the house in 1884, told him that there was a demon in the house who wasn't going to rest until he met his end, which the man did in, in, in this house. So the guy ended up being murdered in the house, which was fucking crazy. So it's, yeah, I mean, they've had like, they've had, you know, ghost hunters come into the house. They've had a bunch of stuff. And actually, the LaLaurie Mansion at, at one time used to be a school um, at one point in the turn of the century, in the turn of the 1900s. It was just a lot. I mean, and people who go there to this day can still feel the energy and hear like the moaning and stuff. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I've often believed that houses and, you know, anything that you essentially own kind of has some of your energy in it. So Mm. I can imagine that this mansion is probably just infested with all kinds of like very negative and hateful energy. I wouldn't be surprised if there are more than ghosts there. Especially, but I I imagine to stay there too. It's actually a pretty penny to stay there. I mean, you got to, to go in there and like to rent it out, you got to be there for like, I mean, it's pretty fucking pricey. Well, I, and I imagine that they probably get a lot of requests from like ghost hunters and, or people just kind of looking for like a haunted thrill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's always a lot of that, but you know, it's kind of, kind of the motto in new Orleans too. There's a lot of like a lot of haunted history in new Orleans. So a lot of those old French quarter houses, are just are just there you know what i mean so i mean it's you know a lot of them will are a lot of you know places you can go into there and you, it's hard to say if it's a tourist trap or if it's an actual real thing this house actually is credible for being like very haunted so i mean the house is like located on 1140 royal street so and i'm looking at a picture now and it's pretty nice i mean it's basically they 
it's not like a house anymore. It's basically just like an apart. It's like a bunch of little apartments or now like hotel rooms you could stay in. So this is right up there with uh, who is that one girl that killed her mom and her dad, like gave her father, father 40 wax. What is that girl? Oh, um, Lizzie Borden. Yeah, Lizzie Borden. So there's kind of like that myth, you know, to it as well. Obviously, I mean, that stuff actually happened. And so did this, you know, the abuse of slaves um, in this French Quarter house. But at the same time, it's like, it's crazy that, you know, that it was just you would hear those stories from back then. And it's like, oh, my God, that's insane. Well, in stories about <laughs> Madame Delphine LaLaurie, uh, definitely most of the abuse were suffered by the slaves. She was not a good mother either. Uh, a lot of her children, you know, they were sort of mm, happy, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. when she took off to Paris because they didn't have to deal with her abusive ass anymore. And yeah, so it, it was said like she abused her daughters, she abused her son, she pretty much abused all of them. And then one of the things that her son had said or had reported was reported as saying um, later on is that all of the letters and stuff that he would receive from his mom back and forth from Paris, not once did she ever fully grasp like the enormity of what she did, what happened, like their whole life. I mean, obviously, like this bitch was just completely fucking insane. And she did all of these terrible things, but it was like she didn't even realize like the monstrosity of what she was essentially and then there was something else written too where they had said oh she's gonna come back you know 18 i think it was just before she died and thank god she died but she had actually had a plan um a few years after leaving new orleans to return back to new orleans and her son um paul i believe it was paul her son paul was like "Eh, i don't think that's the best idea mom well thankfully she passed um, before she could ever make it back to New Orleans. So rumor has it that she never made it back. But I've also heard other rumors that say she never actually went to Paris and she was just like hiding out. But I don't know how credible that thought is. Yeah, because back then, I mean, you could really hide anywhere. I mean, oh, you could, you know, and especially in, in New Orleans, because New Orleans at that time were they always took in. There were so many different types of people in New Orleans at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, you could literally just assume a whole nother life if you wanted. I mean, there was tons of stuff in New Orleans. So and I think that's, you know, the city itself to this day. It's a very unique city. Have you ever been to New Orleans? I have never been to New Orleans and I definitely want to go to New Orleans. I was actually just talking about this the other day and I was like, New Orleans is legitimately infinitely fascinating fascinating to me because there's like all of these different spiritual beliefs you can go down to new orleans you can find any kind of like witchy and spiritual shop pretty much whatever you're looking for and i don't know i just think it's got such a cool like otherworldly vibe plus there's like um very french creole down there and so you know some of the accents are like really cool and sort of thick and i don't know new orleans has always seemed kind of kind of magical to me like I've always wanted to, but nope. Yeah. New Orleans is really cool. I mean, just like a lot of history and there's some really nice, like really cool parts. I love how it maintained its history. And then there's obviously some really bad parts, but for the most part, yeah, New Orleans is really cool. I can see you really liking it there as well. And you'll see like, I'm sure like in the future, um, in future podcasts, we'll talk about other hauntings in New Orleans, but this one's Mm, pretty particularly creepy just because it's, you know, slaves and the abuse she did to slaves. I mean, you could, I mean, she did everything. I mean, she skinned these slaves. She pulled out their intestines and knotted them up. I mean, she cut off their ears, gouged out their eyes. I mean, this woman did so many 
horrible things to slaves that and just the fact that she let them burn with it it just shows her disregard for humanity for human life so and the fact that it could be haunted and death because you always hear about that i mean in in a lot of hauntings where someone has died in that house and usually it's you know they'll come back in some kind of form um whether good or bad to kind of not haunt the house, I guess, but, you know, like, be, you know, but absorb, you know, there'd be like a vibe for that house. And obviously yeah. that house, people who stayed there don't have like great sleep. It's not like they wake up and be like, this is an amazing place. Like a lot of them <laughs> have a very negative feeling from the time they get in, but that's kind of the whole, the whole thing about going there is for that, for that experience. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, it's definitely interesting. A lot of these places and um, I'm sure for this month of October, we'll have a couple a couple hauntings as we get closer to Halloween. Oh yeah, definitely. So reach out. We love hearing from you. You can hit us up on social media at flat circle podcast on Facebook and Instagram, or send us an email to flat circle podcast one at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We are so grateful for you all. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We hope that you found us entertaining and that you'll join us for future episodes. Until next time, stay kind, stay curious, and always question the world around you. Peace.